Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its management board, or the board of trustees of the University of Massachusetts. For WMUA News, I'm Bonnie Chen. In the second installment of the Pandemic Series 2.0, we get insight on the human experience during the pandemic, from using dating apps to adapting to the lack of face-to-face interactions. Here are some of the students' stories. It's official. Even a global pandemic can't help dating apps become a more pure environment for college students. Dating app users flood college campuses, UMass Amherst included. The university won the Tinder Swipe Off competition in 2018. The competition pitted 64 schools against each other. The one with the most right swipes got a concert from Cardi B. UMass is either home to many Barty gang members or to many Tinder-obsessed students. Either way, it's clear that students are very familiar with the app. College students Sam Abramson, Luma Viegas, Matt Martino, Franny Barsanti, and Liam Kelly all agree most students use Tinder. It's most popular despite more successful relationships coming out of apps like Hinge or Bumble. These students said Tinder had a reputation of being almost exclusively for hookups before coronavirus eliminated the possibility of physical contact with strangers. Abramson knew the culture of the app. I think the funny thing about Tinder is that a lot of people may like try and lead you on to like have a relationship and say that they're looking for something when in reality it seems like 99% of people on Tinder are actually looking to hook up. Barsanti even knows people who have to specify that they're not on the app for the purposes most people assume they are. Well, like I know a lot of people put um, not looking for hookup, looking for relationship in their bio and make it clear. But I feel like for the most part, a guy will like send me like a pickup line that sounds like he's looking for something. Liam Kelly didn't let bad reviews scare him away. Meeting new people in any sort of way sounded appealing during quarantine. I guess I was lonely. <laughs> uh, you can't meet people during COVID that easily, like new people. So like it, it branches me out a little more. Kelly hesitated downloading a dating app before coronavirus. His mind changed once social gatherings were prohibited and he realized that he could only meet someone new online. Apps quickly became the easiest way to find a connection. I wouldn't say it's the best way, but it's definitely the easiest way. During the pandemic, it probably is the best way, but like before the pandemic, it's just like really easy way to meet people you would never see before. Abramson also thinks apps became especially popular during the pandemic. Well, obviously you can't go out like to bars as often or to parties or just general social gatherings. And clearly it seems like more and more people are finding their significant others online. Yeah, I guess it's the way of the future. I wouldn't say it's completely taken over yet, but we're probably moving in that direction. Lockdown in March of 2020 made many people desperate for human interaction. People's attitudes changed nearly a year later. Abramson noticed a shift in dating app usage as COVID restrictions lifted. I think in like the beginning of COVID, it made people more open to starting conversation because they were bored. But I think as time has gone on, 
it made it a little bit harder to meet people because people aren't as bored anymore because things are open. Martino is one of those people who lost interest in the apps. When uh, quarantine first started, I was kind of on it a lot more because I was bored. And I think that was kind of similar with a lot of other people. But um, as quarantine went on, I kind of stopped using it. A global lockdown put many people in their most vulnerable state. This still wasn't enough for these students to truly form a connection with someone on an app. Viegas ended up deleting all her dating apps. Personally, I just wasn't finding what I was looking for, I think my intentions were very different than a lot of those people on those dating apps. I think it's been a bigger and more popular way to find someone recently, but personally I don't think I could ever say that that's my way of making a connection with someone. I'd much rather meet them in person. These students remain optimistic about meeting someone in person as more vaccines get administered and gatherings slowly become less restrictive. Viegas is hopeful that she'll have more luck in person than on apps. I think it will be a lot easier to meet people. I think people are going to be using them all the time. However, I just don't think it's going to be as much as people are using them right now. Barsanti thinks she'll be more social than before the pandemic. She's tired of keeping to herself. Yeah, I feel like I'll definitely be more open to like meeting more people just because right now it's just trying to be a little more cautious. Martino is excited for the post-pandemic future. I think after the pandemic, it'll kind of go back to normal people meeting in social gatherings. People will obviously still use the apps, but probably not as much after the pandemic. And I much prefer meeting people in person than over pictures and talking on apps. Quarantine didn't improve connections on dating apps for these students. They look forward to relying less on the apps after the pandemic. For now, they'll continue swiping in hopes of finding a meaningful match for WMUA News, I'm Chad Doughty. The COVID-19 pandemic and dating mix like oil and water. In other words, they refuse to mix. Limited in-person interaction makes meeting people and seeing current romantic partners much harder than before. Three types of people exist during the pandemic. Those that went into the pandemic single, those who went into the pandemic in a relationship, and those whose relationships started during the pandemic. Each of these groups faces different romantic challenges every day. Single UMass junior Derek Chavelli currently faces the challenges COVID-19 poses for those looking for a relationship. I'm not great with uh, social media or online dating or anything like that. I'm more of an in-person kind of guy. I like going to the bars and meeting people in classes and stuff, discussion sections, stuff like that. And uh, that stuff, some of it's non-existent like classes and then bars and stuff greatly reduced. Chevelli says the dating climate during the pandemic helps him learn and adjust to today's world of dating. He started to touch online dating, be more active on social media, and changed how we thought about dating in general. Honestly, I kind of had uh, some uh, hesitations with the whole online thing because that's not how I pictured dating ever since I was, you know, could think of that stuff. You know, I saw my parents and my grandparents and even my great-grandparents and I saw that they met, you know, they met at work or they met at a dance or something like that. And so I kind of had this plan that, you know, I'd meet someone for, for myself, you know, in a traditional way. However, this process helped Chevelli update his view on dating. I'm not my dad, I'm not my grandfather, and I, we have a pandemic going on. I, get, I gotta change with the times, I gotta adjust. Chevelli also sees his mental health taking a downward turn due to this. He finds general discouragement out of this, finds a lack of opportunities, and finds himself thinking about this quite often. Luckily for Chevelli, 
He finds positive ideas and lessons learned out of this entire pandemic dating process. He's pushed himself out of his comfort zone. I kind of took what I had before for granted, especially something as simple as going out and meeting people. Now, I am really excited to get back out there. Norwich University junior Braden Smith entered the pandemic in a two-plus-year relationship with his girlfriend Jordan. However, he finds problems as well, as with the way his school treats the situation, he has no face-to-face -face contact with her. For me, the biggest challenge was definitely not being able to see Jordan as much. I was looking forward to like being able to get out of here for a weekend and go and like stay with her in that apartment rather than being like like her sorority house or like in a dorm room. But because of how strictly my school is treating it, we haven't got to do that. Smith also faces challenges when it comes to going on dates, one of the more crucial parts of some relationships. He finds they go on dates much less frequently, and when they do, it is a much cheaper option than it used to be. The pandemic can also provide some positives for Smith's relationship. The experience helps them grow, as it prepares them for any prolonged periods of time away from each other in the future. We really have to like work to make sure our communication is good because we're limited to texting and FaceTime. Um, if I pursue a law enforcement career, I'll have to go away if I attend an academy, stuff like that. And so I think that us being able to deal with being away like this right now for so long, I think it kind of helps us look when we have to face it again in the future. Relationships also blossom during the pandemic, like my own with University of New Hampshire junior Jenna Godin. I think we can both say our relationship comes with challenges. The most negative thing that came out of starting a relationship in the pandemic would be missing out on going out on dates and being able to hang out with other people with each other, um, as well as individually because we spend a lot of time with each other, <laughs> which most people would say is a bad thing. With so much time spent together, we helped each other with our mental struggles because we understood what the other went through. This really strengthened our relationship. We made a lot of memories and have been able to become very close and comfortable with each other, which I think is really important. The added stress of the pandemic showed us the true strength of our relationship. This is the worst circumstance we're ever going to live through, at least I hope, and we're both very happy with each other and our relationship is very strong and we have built a great bond with each other and have great communication. So I'm very excited to see where it goes in the future. With the end of the pandemic on the horizon, we now wait to see when our dating lives return to normal. For WMUA News, I'm Will Rommel. Stay tuned to further explore the effects of COVID-19 on people's relationships, the way they perceive health, and how one lives on campus under COVID-19 guidelines. My close friends and family feel grateful for the unique changes the pandemic caused in our social lives. Even though we are social distancing, our social lives grew in a healthier direction. It forced our remaining relationships to be genuine and authentic, and the shallower and less meaningful relationships were diminished. I spoke to UMass Amherst on-campus student junior and communication major and DoorDasher Cedar Kais, who I've dated since September of 2020. She's been a member of my pandemic pod since then. We met through social media and we met in person when I asked her to go to dinner after talking virtually for over a month. 
Cedar says she's responsible for weakening some of her previous relationships by not being in communication with them. For example, she says one of her best friends and old freshman year roommates lives in Egypt. Because of the pandemic, she had to go back to Egypt. They haven't been able to see each other since, and they rarely talk now. Transitioning from seeing someone on a daily basis to being physically cut off from them made it difficult for Cedar to maintain her relationships. But she says she's also strengthened some relationships and gained some new ones during the pandemic. She's closer with her roommate from UMass, and she's in a new relationship too, with me. When you're suddenly choosing who's gonna be in your bubble, and it has to be very minimal to choose the best people, it really makes you think about who you want in that bubble. She chose to have the people in her bubble whom she loves the most. The pandemic also made Cedar aware of relationships in her life that were already weak. She feels the pandemic made the decision for people to preemptively cut off weak relationships. Yeah, and I also think it strengthened ones that were meant to last, like the close ones, the people that are genuine, the people that you really want to be in your circle. Hi, this is Gia's phone. Thanks for calling and please leave a message. Local Western Mass climate activist, self-employed worker, and my mother, Gia Neswald, has been a member of my pandemic pod since March of 2020. She says the pandemic has caused some of her non-intimate relationships to become distant. The staying power of relationships is often correlated to the pre-existing level of intimacy you have. Nonetheless, relationships take maintenance, they take work, and during COVID, relationship maintenance is harder. It, it takes more work. Gia feels strongly about the allocation of time in her social relationships. She appreciates her time and she hopes to spend most of her social time with people she genuinely loves. Unless you withdraw from socialization entirely, you're gonna have to make choices because we have limited time and energy we're gonna to have to make choices about which relationships we invest that energy in maintaining. And I've definitely experienced that over this pandemic. Have, have you? Yeah, I've had to tell people, I'm sorry, um, as much as I love you, I can't see you right now in person. If there is love, the love will prevail over a period of time and distance. I think if relationships feel like an ordeal, they're not worth maintaining. That's why I believe that the pandemic is a silver lining because it expedited the process of certain things that may have happened in our lives at some point. And I think it cut out the need for the dilution of certain parts of our lives that have become oversaturated with just meaninglessness. I have turned away from certain relationships that I could see were not serving me, and that's because they were taking more work and I had to make selective choices. Gia says her social network of job acquaintances has gotten larger, but her close and intimate relationships are a much smaller fraction of her overall social network. I feel the opposite. My non-intimate social network is much smaller during this pandemic, and I feel much healthier as a result of it. I think the mandate to be socially distanced gives me the advantage of not having to be around people who I don't want to be around. For the people I love, I will always have time for them. But for the people who I have no interest in having cordial relationships with, there's no need for me to continue those. This pandemic has facilitated that. So ironically, during this 
time of hardship, it's been socially for both you and me a win-win. I would absolutely say that my social life has improved during this pandemic. Even though some of our relationships have weakened, my social life has benefited from the pandemic and so have my close and intimate relationships. It has left me and my people with more genuine relationships. For WMUA News, I'm Alex Province. These unprecedented times greatly affected those I consider my family in many ways we never saw coming. However, how it affected their health conscious became the primary one. What that is, is the way that they thought about their own health, as well as the health of others. Evan Sieplick, Kathy Sieplick, and Hallie Potts, all members of my pandemic pod, the people that I hold dear to me, they have all had to change their health routines during the pandemic in ways that they did not expect. Here's Evan, a 19-year-old college student at the Berkeley College of Music in Boston, who's majoring in jazz studies. It made me think about general exercising and eating well and sleeping well and doing all that stuff more to kind of keep the body healthy. It wouldn't be the, the only remedy in the case of this pandemic, but I'm definitely trying to be more conscious of how well do I eat, drinking lots of water, um, taking vitamins and stuff like that. According to the New York Times, the number of positive COVID cases are going down in Massachusetts compared to the beginning of 2021. It's an exciting time to be a college student. For Evan and the rest of his classmates, freshmen in college, they have not been able to fully know what the college experience is like, and that is something that they are very well aware of. I don't have any in-person classes. Most people have like one in-person class and you, it's hard to meet people on campus. It's hard to meet people off campus. So um, everyone's really trying to be pretty careful because we just want to like things to open back up. Hallie Potts, who I started dating on the last day of August in 2020, gave me many new ways to look at my health and I appreciate it every day. I'm more in tune with my mental health needs as well as cutting out unhealthy food products that I've used for years. From unhealthy shampoos and toothpaste to food products like Uncrustables, fast food chains like Subway and McDonald's whose food contains ADA, an item that yoga mats are made with. I feel like since the pandemic started, um, I've become a lot more mindful of my mental health and how positivity impacts can have an impact on your life your day-to-day -day life and how um, journaling and getting to know yourself can help you um, have an easier time with everything the common theme that comes up when people of a younger age group are asked what they want to do as things open back up is that they want to go out and experience the world like it was before the coronavirus I look forward to being able to see a lot of my friends that I haven't seen at all or hardly at all since the pandemic started. And I look forward to be able to go out to restaurants and bars and places that have been closed and concerts especially. And I'm just excited to get to um, hopefully experience a more normal summer. As Evan and Hallie are both eager to go out into a world with little restrictions and interact with new people, Kathy Sieplick, my mom, is exploring new things about herself that she previously never knew existed, like bird watching. Uh, it gives me something to do. Uh, it's relaxing because you're just watching these nice little birds and it's nature. Um, and I feel like I'm learning something too. Can you kind of learn? Um, to find different birds and start identifying them by what they sound like. 
So it's just, uh, it's an escape. My mom stays active when it comes to her health as well, making big strides since the pandemic began. Since June, she got a Fitbit and has been out taking walks around five to six days a week. She's trying to keep active and move a bit more. She's also taking vitamin D and vitamin C because they are known to be good for the immune system. I make my little fruit smoothies, so I try and do that a couple times a week. Ideally, I would do that more, but that's all good for immune system as well, boosting the immune system. And then um, certainly mask on all the time. And, you know, I've, I've been a bit of a hermit for a good part of the year. So being older and having extra weight on, it makes you a little more nervous. My mom says how family gatherings have been done in a backyard, socially distanced, with masks on everyone who is present. She also says that the pandemic has affected her thought process when it comes to everyone's health. Even so everything really has been different. You know, I have, like I said, my friend was sick and I, you know, I would love to have seen her more, but I was very afraid of giving her COVID because that would, you know, and same thing, I'd love to see her son, Sean, right now, who, um, but I, I just, you know, you just have to really think about what if. The pandemic brought a lot of good and bad health situations for the people in my family, but we've learned and we'll continue to learn healthier habits that will stay in our minds for a long time to come, making us and the people around us healthier and happier. For WMUA News, I'm Craig Sieplick. Living on campus at UMass Amherst during COVID-19 is hard. For some, this looks like loneliness, and for others, it is the fear of accidentally breaking COVID-19 protocols. On a Friday night at 6, this is what sophomore Jed Wormuth's dorm hallway sounds like. It's so barren. Like, I don't know a single person on my floor other than my RA and, like, one other kid. The loudest thing I've heard is some guy playing music in the shower. The current restrictions on campus include no guests in residential halls or rooms, following mass mandates, social distancing protocols, and avoiding gatherings on and off campus. These restrictions change as the university's COVID-19 positivity rate does. As COVID rates increase, so does the severity of regulations. University spokesperson Edward Bogazuski says the goals of the university are transparency, protection of public health, and advancing education. The second week of school, there was a significant rise in COVID-19 cases, which led to a two-week self-sequester. The university planned for all situations, but was still underprepared. Did we hope it wouldn't happen? Absolutely. Were we very concerned when the surge happened? Absolutely. Were our resources stretched? Yes, they were. And did we learn some lessons? Yes, we did. Elle Whitehead spent her first semester of college in her hometown of Westford, Massachusetts. The freshman chose to live on campus this semester since most of her friends did the same. She finds it difficult to navigate the changing restrictions and her confinement in Gorman Hall. It can be a little challenging sometimes, like with all the time spent in your dorm. It's nice to physically be on campus. Sometimes the restrictions can be a little tough or I wish I had a roommate. Whitehead made most of her friends through a rap last year and the fitness organization Charge, but gathering restrictions get in the way of meeting new people. When speaking to three girls with masks on in their own doorways, an RA told them they couldn't do so and had to leave. It was a little bit weird. I know that there has been, you know, parties happening on campus and actual big gatherings. In a weird way, I feel like you have to be in the like right place at the right time to get caught. Blagazewski says it's hard for the university to respond to students breaking the rules without clear evidence of a violation. 
we have to, in fairness and by our process, go by due process. In some cases, evidence is there. In some cases, it isn't, even though in some circumstances, you know, we have a sense, obviously, we know that some gatherings went on. But if we don't have proof of individuals organizing an event or being there particularly, it's hard to take action. Masks must be worn at all times. If you don't have one with you, I can give you one. Residential security desk monitor Grace Galati's job responsibilities during COVID include signing in residents to dorms, keeping guests out, and enforcing UMass's mask mandate. The communication major didn't expect to monitor COVID protocols when she took the job last semester. When you're actually working, it's not that bad because in my experiences, people have followed the rules. I feel like it's more pressure and like I feel like I'm scared of getting COVID because I'm around more people. Wormuth lives in Brett Hall. He says UMass is trying its best to monitor on-campus living, but its policies, such as the lack of supervision in dorms, are flawed. This became apparent to him after the COVID outbreak. When I moved in, there's nobody checking to make sure that the people were social distancing in the hallways. There's also nobody to make sure that people were even wearing masks. When things like, you know, got really bad towards like the first two weeks that we were here, when with the high risk, nothing really changed. It was like, you know, a dog with all bark, no bite. Students must sign into their residential hall during security hours. In mid-March, security hours began two hours earlier to mitigate non-compliance. Galati thinks this is ineffective with not enough RS staff. With monitors having shorter staff, obviously sometimes if not enough people have open availability, some buildings will not have a monitor for that night. Wormuth believes that UMass is doing their best to regulate students, but increasing security hours isn't enough. He almost worked for RS in late January, but decided the job came with too much responsibility and not enough pay. Honestly, the only thing they really could have done to enforce the rules was have security 24-7. They're so understaffed. I think that they just kind of shot themselves in the foot there. Blagozewski says there are better ways to influence student behavior than closely monitoring them. I mean, you're going to get more results by educating people, investing your money in testing and communicating that testing and in contact tracing and in isolation and quarantine. During the last week of March, UMass had a COVID positivity rate of 0.22%, while the state's was 2.53%. As COVID positivity rate decreases, the chance of a more normal semester are possible, but only with student compliance. For WMUA News, I'm Alana Zylander.